Welcome to RPG Ramblings with Jeff Jones. This is a weekly show exploring the various details of the tabletop RPG hobby through discussions with interesting people. Today, Don Stroud joins me, and we talk about a lot of things. This is perhaps the most rambly ramble yet. We do walk into unexpected territories that includes the death of friends and family, as well as dealing with grief. I have a Patreon that has covered my Zoom costs. Thanks to those individuals, I upgraded long ago from the ancient technology of tin cans and string. Chaos Portal opens, sisters and brothers. Let's see what this episode holds. It is time to get rambling. Hello, Don. Hey, Jeff. How's it going, man? It's going okay. I can't complain. Uh, Thank you for for jumping in the gap. Did I need somebody to, to, to help me out here? I've got a situation. Mm-hmm. I got a little time. Who do I call? Who am I going to put on speed dial? At the last minute, I've got nothing to talk about. And I thought, you know what? I think Don fits the bill. That is uh, a fascinating concept for me because uh, we hardly know each other. But <laughs> I think you made an excellent choice. Uh, as someone who, how long did I do a podcast for that is not very well known? Uh maybe three years. So actually I was the quiet one though. And my uh, partner at that time, uh, podcasting partner was, uh, the really talkative one. So I'll just put on his hat. I'll be the talkative one. Well, the wife is you feel like the person that if you sat next to me in high school or college, we would have gotten in trouble for laughing all the time. So mm-hmm. I think you're that person. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I made this uh, mini cocktail just for uh, you and uh, your your people. See, because my uh, podcast was one about drinking. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I made a little uh, mini Manhattan. A mini uh, Manhattan. So what's a mini yeah. Manhattan? Oh, uh, man. It's got like vermouth, uh, Woodford bourbon, and then some bitters. And some cherries and a little cherry juice. And this has a special, like maybe four to five drops of THC uh, extract. As I guess it, it makes me think of there was a, a gal we um, went to visit this couple. They're a little bit older than us. And then she served um, iced tea. Mm-hmm. And we drank it. It was exceptionally strong. And are you familiar? Mm-hmm. Was it with, remember Nest Tea? Mm-hmm. Dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, her last yeah. name was Cordy, and she had what they called the Cordy Extra. <laughs> All right. She just put extra dehydrated, nasty tea. <laughs> oh, so we yeah, got the Stroud Extra. Yeah. So the, the the five drops of uh, just to whatever's the uh, the Stroud Extra. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I do live in a recreational state, so. Ah. Yeah. So I guess the question is, have you thought about just like, um, so is there ice in a Manhattan? Uh, I do like a little ice cube in it. Yeah. It's a tiny glass. So there's only one ice cube in it. Hmm. What about, what would happen if you put THC in, in ice cubes? Just like, I don't know. It would just, uh, it would just be really cold. Uh, actually this, this extract is a little weird. It's like, uh, alcohol and then just, you know, uh, THC, CBD, uh, extracted from the flowers so it would just you don't you don't want to have a lot you know 
if if you want me to talk for the next hour, you don't want me to have a lot. Okay. So 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 five drops is the max. Who even knows at this point? <laughs> <laughs> this is a new batch. Freshly squeezed. <laughs> Maybe it's like orange juice, freshly squeezed. It's like orange juice. Uh, have you ever watched Workaholics? No. Oh, it's a ridiculous show about these three uh, really horrible uh, baby boys who just abuse uh, alcohol and drugs and do like they're uh, telemarketers. So they're horrible people. And maybe I've been watching that too much. Oh, so you're starting to like through osmosis kind of gain some of those those bad tendencies. Is that what you're saying? I'm not not going to be a horrible person. I'm still, no. you know. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Well, that's good. You've got the resolve to to not let media influence you to that degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh speaking of being influenced by media, uh, do you ever talk about what, what you're enjoying on the show? I don't listen to any podcasts. Oh. Uh, I, I don't, but we can we can do that. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, I'm sure you're watching the usual stuff that everyone's talking about right now. Uh, what, like Mandalorian and? No, yeah. from I haven't seen, I haven't watched it yet. It it mm. it didn't it didn't trip my. I'll probably watch it eventually. It didn't really trip my trigger enough to um, to go that direction. I'm watching Chloe. Mm-hmm. I'm watching two shows actually. Mm-hmm. Chloe, uh, which is a German Netflix show. Okay. And it's, have you heard of it? No, I haven't heard of it. So the, the premise is uh, Cold War, mm-hmm. East German woman, assassin, mm-hmm. kills the mark, crosses back over, something happens, and then they decide to... Um, and then they, then they, her, her, um, their communist people burn her and they send her mm-hmm. to prison. Mm-hmm. The wall falls, communist dies. She gets let out a few years later after terrible things happen. Mm-hmm. She's trying to figure out who burned her and why. And mm-hmm. it is actually a really good. It, it's kind of a little bit actiony, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of emotion, a fair amount of humor, and mm-hmm. um, it's really good. Nice, nice. No, I've not even heard of that, but it sounds interesting. I may check that out. We'll see. It's a little quirky. Um, and the other one is uh, Kunk of Earth. Mm, mm-hmm. I have seen like trailers and I've heard that's really funny. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw part of the uh, like the clip of the Pompeii episode where she was like, uh, if anything can tell us really like, what what we can learn from them is people used to be ashy or something i was like wow that seems really stupid it is it is very funny because it's it is treated like very serious um mm-hmm. i mean it's like they have somebody across that's you know they may look like she's interviewing a professor and they'll be in chairs mm-hmm. in a big room and then she'll ask them these questions you know, she'll say, well, how do airplanes work? And the guy will start explaining it. She's like, no, not in scientific ways. I just want you to tell me how it works. <laughs> nice. So, so what have you watched that you, you're enjoying? Or are you currently watching that you're enjoying? 
Uh, you know, the typical hotness. Uh, I guess I'm enjoying some uh, Last of Us. So oh, that's also got Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he's I'm watching two. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's you know it's it's a hard watch, but it's enjoyable. I watched the first episode, enjoyed the second episode. Was mm-hmm. going to watch the second episode, but my son wrote about how emotional the third one was, and I just thought, oh no, not going to do that. <laughs> Yeah, like if you have any emotion at all, like I dare you to not be like crawled up on the floor, uh, fetal position, bawling your eyes out. Like if you experienced any love or loss in your life, just yeah, just go in and with a box of tissues. There's my my wife digs these uh, Korean dramas. Have mm-hmm. you watched any of those K dramas? And one was called. Yeah, they're amazing. They're 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 very interesting in what they they will do things on TV that nobody else will do, and they're and they vary in what they are. But this one was called "Hi Mama, Bye Mama." Seems innocent <laughs> enough. Mm-hmm. A woman dies, gets a chance to go back to Earth as a spirit or in, in relive, and um, but wow, what an emotional, gut wrenching, ugly crying, crying stuff oh, that goes yeah. on that show, and it's. And, you know, it's a similar type thing where you have the ghosts who are still around, some mm. viewing their family. They oh, have yeah. emotional things going on, emotional attachments to their family. Mm-hmm. People who've lost these loved ones with their attachments to their lost, you know, loved one. I mean, it is just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's probably nothing if you're like, you know, 20, 25, when you've not, like when you've had a normal life and you haven't, you know, uh, I'm getting to that point where, you know, everyone you love is just getting sucked out of the airplane and you're kind of strapped in watching it happen. You know, this is, this is how life is. My, yeah. So I lost my, so my, at my mother's funeral, uh, mm-hmm. when my brother said to me, he said, he goes, I thought I'd live to be a hundred and I'd take everyone with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of what you want, right? Yeah. You just figure I'll live to a certain age and I die, but then you're like, mm-hmm. You know, now you look around, the, you know, you're at the table, family, like your brothers, and you're like, you know, with me, with my brothers-in-law, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, either they will be burying me or I'll be burying them. I mean, it's like. Yeah, yeah. And like, who's, you know, yeah, are you going to be like a pallbearer? Like, life's, life just sucks, I guess. <laughs> well, I think that's the part we didn't sign up for. We, we, yeah. we accepted we're going to get old. We accepted we're going to get, you know, a little crotchety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, but all the way we love dying. <laughs> yeah. One at a time. It's like mm-hmm. um to bring this back around to role playing games, it's not as uh easy as it is when you lose a character, right? <laughs> you <laughs> <was> know, like... <laughs> if only. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll up a new mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this episode is already horrible. Yeah, yeah. What kind of show do you run? You know, I'm starting to come into an existential crisis at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so you just finished up a Kickstarter. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, yes. How was uh, uh? How do you do? You, do you like running? Have you ever, have you done a Kickstarter show before? 
uh, what do you mean? You know, like how much it sucks or how great it is. Yeah, or hint, hint some I'm, tips. Cr- I'm crying or somebody's crying. <laughs> <laughs> this is the crying episode. Yeah, it looks luxurious. Uh, Occasionally, I remind people when you see like a an eight thousand dollar Kickstarter or twenty thousand dollar Kickstarter, whatever you're seeing, it's it's mm-hmm. never that that. Um, you know, in fact, there's a guy I saw I had a fifty thousand dollar Kickstarter, and I was like, it, it, it succeeded. I'm like, I. <laughs> Like, like, you know, I do the math. Like, I don't tell you many money. He's like, well, I'm just paying for a print run, and let's mm-hmm. go get a physical product in the stores. I'm not really caring about, you know, this was just to get the print run. You know, oh. he was actually looking at bigger distribution. He, he's the one uh, that did. You um, from the comic Chew? No. Okay, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, they're going to supposedly come out with a TV series. So the the guy has this built. So they're. Imagine the an alternate world. The avian flu goes crazy mm-hmm. and kills like a large part of the population. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the FDA has super policing abilities, mm-hmm. and they they become like bigger than the CIA, and so they're policing people not eating chicken. Oh yeah, probably not like being able to raise them and. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. so this guy, his last name is he's he's Chinese. Last name is Chu, but he's got this ability that whatever he eats, he experiences its last moments. Mm. And so you can imagine as a detective what that can lead to. Yeah, I am. Yeah, wasn't that kind of like um, I Zombie? Didn't she like? Yes, eat? the brains and did that yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's similar to that. And then also, there's multiple people. And they all have food-based powers. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so, interesting. So it's a, a popular comic, and so that's where he was going with that. So he, mm, he actually, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so him, I was kind of wondering, like, even with that. So when you start thinking about it, it's like you, you look at the art that he had, and it's IP. You know, you start doing all the math. It's just like multiple writers. I mean, a lot of things. You look at the it just was just like you know it, it, that money goes quick yeah 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 i'm already uh i'm experiencing that myself um you know <laughs> just just purchasing uh the swag that was a stretch goal for uh ruination pilgrimage a medieval horror role-playing game <laughs> and uh yeah it was like i don't know if it's like five thousand dollar stretch goal and like between patches and stickers i've already spent three thousand and i'm like i still have to do bookmarks but those are really cheap i guess um i've been looking around <laughs> i guess I guess. How you do them. this is uh you know i think organized people do these things before and they you know kind of have things priced out a little bit better but i like to fly by the seat of my pants well i do too but i don't go for scratch goals though so I think mm-hmm. that's... that's smart i mean i don't like they don't usually turn me on um they usually just get me into trouble like when i i'm like oh come on you guys gotta you guys gotta back this for this you know really special cool thing um like i don't usually back anything for the stretch goals i kind of do hate adding stretch goals myself um but then you feel like you know people get excited about you hitting that point and they're posting about it a little bit you know one or two people so you know you kind of have to i always feel like i have to feed into the hype maybe i don't 
Well, Zach um, Goins, who who helps me with the Kickstarter and, and the backer kit end of things, um, I'm not really done this, but what he says is you really want to take people on a journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's where I think those, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, the add-on, not the add-ons, but the stretch goals, but it does kind of feel like things are progressing and things are happening and things are moving and and mm-hmm. and, and people are part of of that world, yeah which i yeah, think is great as, yeah like post campaign that's really good for like a monthly update like hey look at these stickers i got and i think it is cool to give your backers a little extra because you know i guess people who backed this are at certain levels they're going to get stickers and patch for free whereas other people who didn't back it they're going to have to buy them so yeah you know, stretch goals what what's interesting with uh tra- uh um trevor stamper what he does is um he says he'll like offer a let's say uh uh patch mm-hmm. he says he'll do it for just for like the first like day or two right right to get that initial crush but then everybody can buy it afterwards yeah yeah um that would have been smart but i think i think i just said anyone who backs at like the physical level is gonna get i don't know what i said i'll have to go check that <laughs> pass it on is he a wise man or not i don't know not usually it's like um i've you never know how slow 30 days can crawl by until you're running a campaign and you maybe check it too many times and um you have a lovely wife who's excited and texting you the numbers and it's like you know you're like yeah 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 but then it just seems to last for a year and then when it's over you're just empty yeah and that's what's it you know and i think i also mentioned this podcast i think it was last time but the i had um uh, chris coger text me like congratulations when it ended you know Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really, f- I mean, I'm happy it's over, but there's no like, woohoo, but I think it's just because I'm in the midst of everything as well. Mm-hmm. I'm still fulfilling on an old Kickstarter. Oh, I'm yes. second guessing decisions made on the current Kickstarter I just done. And oh, then, right. you know, thinking about the third one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fan of the Fly God. I received that. It looks lovely. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. I just told the hardcovers what's next. So those are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would love to bust into the hardcover world and it's a goal a couple years down the line, but I have this weird feeling that no one really is going to want to spend that much money on. I used to I think to so. Say. Yeah. But I, I, I it, it, ditto. I was, I was not going to do it. In fact, Fane of the Fly God was going to be comic book size, trade paperback. I mean, that was it. Mm-hmm. And then, then Zach says, have you considered hardcover? And first I was like, no, you know, this is the vision. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be paying $45 for a hardback. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't tell people what don't, ex- they'll pay $45 for a hardback. So there's, yeah. there's no, I, I won't tell you that much. Well, that was just, and that's just it. That's kind of interesting, <laughs> you know, yeah. because he was, I think believing, so we're getting the details here. So he was thinking, just I think, just offering a hardback, hardcover. Mm-hmm. So you think about, like, from a business point of view, like, if I didn't offer soft covers, there would be a lot of people that didn't take the soft covers. 
Mm-hmm. But with the people that would have upgraded, uh, you know, been, you know, like as far as, uh, you know, as far as uh, profit, why more people shifted over to make it a bit mm-hmm. worthwhile. Um, but, but I'm really more worried about, I'd rather have more people get the book at this point in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So offer all the options. Um, and that's interesting. So, uh, my friend, uh, Sean McCoy of Tuesday night games, uh, he has this newsletter thing. He did like, we did this giant interview, like going back and forth and he had some really great Kickstarter advice at the end of that. I suggest everyone look it up. If I could only remember the name of the newsletter, it's like a, uh, man, what is it? It's like one of the, it'll mail the newsletter to you, but then also go up on a blog. Right. Um, all the cool kids are doing it. I have one uh, to stack or sub stack. Yes. Yes. Sub sub stack. So um, anyway, one of his uh, bullet points was people are going to land in the middle. Like, cause they don't, you know, they don't want the cheapest option. They don't want the most expensive option because, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm not that bougie. Right. I'm not that cool. So they're going to land in the middle. So Maybe it is good to have a hardback option. And most like, people wound up with, I think, doing the hardback. And more people oh, really? with hardback, yeah. Well, maybe you write better stuff than I do. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, when you said, uh, would you say, no commi- you're no longer accepting uh, writing jobs, I was like, huh, it's too bad. <laughs> Well, you know, I say these things and then I'm always like, I do a lot for people that I like or admire or respect or like, and I usually do it for peanuts too. I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Oh. And then I'm always like, oh my God, someone sent me an email and they want, they want me to write something like it makes me feel good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Like if we said that, I was like, ah. But I'll probably say no because I'm so famous right now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, in fact, uh, what you should say is that you just need to do enough writing to get a credit in the book. That's what you really care about. Uh, you know, I, I do love credits in books. Uh, I'm, I mean, that's like the first page. I'm sure most people will breeze over the credits. If I get like an RPG book, I'll read the credits, even though if I know I'm not going to be in there and if I know no one in there, I'll still be like, Hmm, I wonder who's in here. <laughs> and you know, a lot of the times I'll see, uh, you know, I'll see friends in there. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, Jared Crater, he does a lot of editing. Um, and uh, he's part of Moon Red, along with Fiona Geist, and I'm not sure who else right now. Um, but yeah, I just love seeing friends' names in there. Yeah, it is kind of neat. It's kind of neat, especially as things start to expand. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's just definitely... <clears throat> so, but the thing is, for me, my, my key strategy, which could change at any time, um, is... I'm leaning heavily on Lulu because I can ship Mm -hmm. easily to other countries Mm, for inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked into that option, but I did end up putting in uh, Runish and pilgrimage. I put a, 
I like a week and a half in, I ended up setting up like a drive through POD option because that's has worked in the past for me and they do a fine product. And, um, I'm assuming they won't cost quite as much, uh, internationally when they print off in the UK there. Yeah. The, I just, the problem is I, maybe it's cause I'm getting old. <clears throat> the brain's becoming calcified. Mm-hmm. But I, I try and always do for, I try to do the, the best I can do for printing right now. My best I can do, but what I do do is, is uh, do mix them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ditto. So Lulu's not as good as mix them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if I do Lulu, I like doing Lulu uh, for a number of reasons. I think there, it's, 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 I guess it depends what I'm doing. It's uh, in general, it's it's easier to use than drive through. For me, for uploading. Oh, is it? Yeah. Because drive through can be a pain. Like I actually had not to interrupt, but I just did. Um, I I had a title that I don't know what they updated, but suddenly it just wasn't in compliance. And um, they were very helpful. But it was like five months of like, you know, and then I forgot I'd be dealing with it. And then, um, you know, uh, the service would come out like, hey, do you need any help with this? You haven't done anything yet. I'm like, oh, man. Um, And it was just like simple ish stuff. But the main problem was I had um, my old motherboard fried. So I had files and weird spots and I couldn't find half the stuff. And then I couldn't uh, use my thing, my Photoshop um, anymore. Um, but it was a great chance for me to get into the affinity suite. I'd already been using the, uh, yeah. the one for layout, but I got photo and uh, publisher and then design too um, while they were on sale. So that was a bonus. And I finally did get my book sorted out. Um, so, um, yeah, now that you say Lulu's a lot easier, I'm a little tempted to check it out. And they, I will say, I think, I think drive through, they probably have the best customer service of all three. Yeah. Yeah. But this, it's just harder to deal with and it's more finicky. So, so, mm-hmm. and what's hard is like, if, if you, and you start dealing with all three of them, they all do things differently and it yeah. starts becoming hard. And then if you switch over, so like mix them, it's very easy to do a zine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then when you switch to perfect bound, it changes a little bit. Cause you have to have your, uh, your extra your cover separate. inner margin. Yeah. Oh yeah. The cover. But I found that way easier than using the template that drive through wants you to use for their light source yeah. or lighting source. Like that template drove me nuts. Um, I've, I've had good luck with Mixam so far and I know people have not had good luck and have complained about the customer service. I've never really had to utilize customer service. Um, but yeah, uh, I was, I had my hand held throughout the whole drive-through thing and they were very helpful. I think they hired more customer service at Mixum. So what Mm -hmm. I found is when I get ready to order or before I I do that, um, if you go to the Mixum website, you can click the button, say chat with us. Yeah. When you get further down, when you're in the process, there's no chat with us. But if you go open Uh, another browser, 
and say, I need help. Mm, mm-hmm. And the hardcovers got weird. The way they, they is so, it is so, so the hardcovers, there's actually three, for mixing, there's three pieces. Mm-hmm. The, the, is your front, your back, and your spine, or spine. Yeah. Those are three yeah. separate pieces that you have to have. Yeah, yeah, for the soft cover, perfect bound too. And so then you, yeah. so I did comic book size, but the, the hardback's mm-hmm. even bigger. But the cover, they they didn't ask for a bigger size. But the way they handle it is by doing a a point eight bleed, mm-hmm. a point eight bleed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it's like no, the book is actually a quarter inch bigger, and then mm-hmm. your your bleed is a little bit beyond that. But they it it did it really wonky. So the first one came out weird. Um, mm-hmm. And they they were good about honoring it, but um, hardback okay. is definitely a, a challenge. Yeah, I've often like considered just doing a very small run of like you know fifty of like lesser key uh, to the Celestial Legion or Forgotten Rights of the Moldering Dead just to kind of have one for myself and sell a few, but I haven't done it yet. A proof copy for a one hardback from Mixum was a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is what I usually do for my proofs. Um, even with the like uh, soft cover, you know, it's like what thirty bucks sometimes for like a big one. Um, but if you get like three or four, it's like only forty bucks, and then you can give some to friends. Oh yeah. Um, you know? What I do is um, I use Lulu to do my proofs. Mm. Because they're cheaper. Then once I get most of that ironed out, then I'll switch over to mix them. Okay, yeah. So you already have like a pre-proof. Because I usually have to similar several enough, corrections, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. I'm going to try Lulu sometime. Yeah, it's... Um, you also, if you have a web... Do you have a website? No, I need to get one. Because um, it'd, be, it'd just be nice to have a presence on the web other than like a Facebook page, you know? Because um, you can set up to sell through loop. You can set up like a oh. web WordPress and you can set up a thing and click it and it'll order and Lulu will fulfill it. Oh, really? That's yeah. nice. Um, I've seen people use like Etsy for that and I've been tempted because uh, right now I'm just, it's all like wholesale, uh, you know, through Exalted or Goodman Games. And I would really like for this next book that I'm working on, I'd love to just have a little a little shop where people can come and buy because then I can get all the money. <laughs> <laughs> no middleman. So what is the no next book man. you're working on? Oh, the, the, uh, the Ruination Pilgrimage book. Oh, so. the, oh, you're saying when you, when you get to that point first. Yeah. So you just yeah. now done the writing. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to see scoop on something even further down. No, I've, I've definitely got plans to support this system. And then I've got the 14 authors who are writing short adventures for Ruination Pilgrimage. That was part of the Kickstarter. Uh, that'll be fun project management. Um, so I'm so looking at schedule. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I've, uh, this might help you out. This is what I implemented. Mm-hmm. I, I have what's called follow up Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I just learned to just, you just, every Friday, just, Text everybody. How's it going? Where are we at? Oh, nice. And you say it's oh. follow. It's follow up Friday. And uh, yeah, and just do a nice little message, and and that usually keeps people going, and it doesn't feel like you're you're being too intrusive. It's just part of, you yeah. know, yeah. I got to do it because it's follow up Friday. You know, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a rule. 
it's like Jeff's rules. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to get on it. Uh, we have had crazy storms up here in Michigan for the last few weeks, and we lost power for like four days once. So storms, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming, meaning uh, frozen conditions with snow and ice? Or Yeah, the first one was an ice storm, so it just rained all day, but all the ice landed on the branches, so we had a bunch of branches come down and bring wires down with them in the backyard. Um, and then a week later... Uh, just the heaviest snow I've ever seen. And like branches were snapping all over because it was just thick and heavy and coating the branches. Uh, uh, we have a house a couple blocks down where a house where a tree fell in the house, like just over the weekend, and it's still the kind of there. <laughs> so, how people still living there and just dealing with it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, you know, kind of working on it, but I assume that they can't just push it off because, you know, what's it going to do as it rolls off? Uh, but yeah, it's been crazy up here, up here in the frozen north. So do you get made tornadoes that way? Uh, occasional warnings, you know, cause we're still part of the Midwest. So that's just a Midwest thing. Um, the last one that was even close to us was maybe five years ago and is like 20 miles away. So, yeah. Yeah, we we moved uh we moved to a town that the previous uh city the previous year the tornado hit it twice. Mm. And then we moved to another town that's like maybe 30 miles to the north, not even that. And when we moved there, I think this the year before that a tornado went through there. And mm -hmm. then and then when we moved here, uh, <laughs> within a few years, a, a tornado went through some neighboring towns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those are that's that's some crazy. That's some crazy nature there. It is crazy nature. <laughs> a very destructive force. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Also, just how like, uh, you know, how soon things can go from being OK to not OK and uh, like yeah. in a vast region. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. as soon as those uh, sirens start, you're like, oh, basement time. <laughs> yeah. So does it so, really matter? Like, is it really safe? It seems like you know, maybe a little bit. Oh, the the basement. Yeah. Oh no, it is. In fact, yeah. uh, it saved a lot of people. Um, but what pe the problem is, like, sometimes people. So a lot of people from other countries live in this area. Mm -hmm. And one guy's like, well, I live in a brick apartment building, you know, mm, like, I don't need nice. to go to, it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> that will do nothing for you. <laughs> nope. That's pretty crazy. So ruination pilgrimage. So you're, you're in the throes of writing. Uh, it's mostly written. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. How do I even explain this? Like, yeah, it's. So my process is chaos. Like I'll have notes in my phone. I'll have notes in an email because I don't have access to my, you know, email all day. Well, except for my phone. Anyway, it's everything from all over and like yeah. weird, weird little notes, like um, just names. And um, so right now, like the bulk of the rules are done. Much of the bestiary is done, but um, kind of adding on to it. A 
I'm adding some cool drugs because, you know, it's like pretty much, it's very close to Mothership because that's the engine it runs on. So I'm just kind of like just honing some things and I'm well, adding lots well, of setting. Well, let us just, just stop because my okay. mind's kind of going a different direction. So you're saying yeah. you're adding drugs. Oh, yeah, that's just something I happened to be working on the other night. Like, okay, so, so you're adding drugs. drugs to the game. So, what do, so this makes me think of another thing. We'll go to that in a second. So, what are mm -hmm. the drugs? What are the drugs for your game? What do they do? All right, so in Mothership, you've got like stems that will kind of keep you moving and a couple other things. They're kind of like they're kind of like mechanically helpful drugs, right? Yeah. So, so maybe one that just kind of takes the fog off your brain. So maybe it'll let you roll advantage uh, on a certain roll. So it's not like, oh, man, this is going to get you so messed up. It's like, hey, this is something you can take. Uh, like one is red red seed powder. Um, it's just going to kind of give you a little boost. Uh, so it's all a little bit of flavor, mostly mechanics. Um, because who... Like, who cares if you can do cocaine in your game, right? Like, what is that going to do for you? Well, I mean, that's not, not a good example. You can, <laughs> you, you can kind of get revved up, I guess. Like like yeah. heroin, it's just going to put you out of commission, yeah. right? That's not a useful drug. But here's here's what I was thinking. This is where yeah. we're all of a sudden this, this, you know, collision of ideas. So you've seen um, a red uh, dune? Mm hmm Yes. So a drug is responsible for folding space oh, yeah. for human computers, uh, prophetic visions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just thought, well, what if, what if, you know, you could use drugs in a way that warp reality or do certain things, but then it would have other weird effects. I wonder what a game yeah. like that would look like. That's going to be a little bit in here because so a lot of the game is, um, there's not really any magic, but I don't know how much I described last time I was on here, uh, but that's fine. I'm sure people have forgotten anyway. <laughs> I'm Don Stroud. I'm Jeff Jones. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, it's my second appearance. Thanks for having me back. And today I'd like to talk about Ruination Pilgrimage again, like last time. All right, so... Uh, there's no there's no functional like magic, but the, the priest can summon angels, right? So that's a horrible thing. Every time you see angels in the Bible, it, you know what, yeah, what yeah. do they say? They're like, "Be not afraid," because they're horrible, right? I mean, they're yeah. awesome. They're the shining glory of God, right? So some of that is happening when you summon an angel. Um, you know uh, the couple sessions ago we had um somebody in my group the priest he summoned an angel of wrath um everybody had to make a fear check and so one of them failed critically uh any kind anytime you roll above your stat or save and it's doubles it's a critical failure if it's under your stat or save and it's doubles then it's like a critical success right but so somebody in the middle of this fight where they summon an angel to beat this demon, it's a goat-headed demon, it's uh, 
its body is made up of a bunch of like human torsos and arms so it's like a centipede um right so in the middle of this fight one of the players just drops to the ground fetal position uh un unresponsive so what is my point uh, it was a great session somebody broke their back it it was comically horrible and awesome but so a lot of it is summoning angels so yeah there might be a drug that can kind of maybe take the edge off of that <laughs> okay so this is gonna be a, this is gonna be really yeah. bad you're gonna need the heroin to make this <laughs> so you don't come out of the psychically scarred <laughs> yeah 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 you might you might need that but there is a large uh not a large part of the game but there's a part of the game where you do have prophetic dreams and even just like weird dreams of temptation where demons are kind of trying to you know make you do things that you do or don't want to do so yeah there will most likely be a drug that kind of helps you in your prophetic dreaming to figure out where you want to go so i was reading a, <clears throat> a book about the clash oh yeah and so <laughs> so the uh the drummer uh had a problem with heroin mm -hmm. i can't remember which band member said if it was a sax player it probably <laughs> been okay yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what heroin. propels them to greatness, <laughs> unfortunately. Like, you can kind of always tell when a musician um, has or is currently doing heroin because they're a little bit outside that box in a brilliant way. Um, yeah, like Coltrane, Miles, yeah. Count, countless jazz men. Even, even like an older Modest Mouse album, like you can kind of like... You know, there was just a rawness to it that was, like, brilliantly, oh, Manhattan, <laughs> brilliantly <laughs> creative. It's just, like, raw creation from, like, the ether, you know? I'm not advocating heroin use. Uh, Unless you're playing jazz. but that's <laughs> Yeah, but even then, like, there's got to be a better way, right? Maybe just smoking opium. <laughs> uh, because I've lost a lot of, you know, not a, I've lost a handful of friends and acquaintances to heroin. So really, I do. See, I've never, heroin. I've never been in circles or seen. I mean, thankfully, but I'm pretty much a Midwest small town, firm mm. community. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I grew up. But then I came down to the big city, which isn't really that big of a city, but um. You know, rolling like rolling with the uh crusty punks and uh you know that kind of raw side of life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and I can see why people do things to take the edge off, but I'd always be my fear that, you know, when just you know, things like that, I'd just be afraid of not being able to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't even quit coffee. Why would I wanna <laughs> yeah, push it harder than that? <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, you know, it'd be kind of interesting to, you know, if you could work out where, you know, maybe you, you in a game where you take drugs to do certain things, but creates other problems, but then you take other drugs to counteract those problems. Mm -hmm. And if you could work a character out to a point where if they start making decisions, they could really put themselves in a bad position. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I've gone too far. Yeah, like drug dominoes. Yeah, and it, well, it's kind of like the, um, it's kind of like the, uh, the Dr. Seuss with the uh, with the the pink smudge, the cat in the hat. Got oh yeah, yeah, the ring, and it just 
spreads and get yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be ideal would be if you get you you know get characters where they just take a small problem and mm-hmm. into a small problem into the whole neighborhood is now messed up <laughs> yeah i mean that's usually the best way right when you're when you're running a game like it's just pretend so why not go crazy yeah. And also, it's kind of interesting, the, the, the idea of summoning, because I, I think that was also a big, was it big? I'm trying to think, I never played a lot of Elric, um, but I think that was part of mm. Elric, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you actually had to, like, I can't speak uh, about most games, because I have a very small uh, number of games I've actually played, but, like, Stormbringer uh, was really cool, because you didn't just, like... Yeah, you could like summon, you could summon things and then bind them to your arms or weapon, you know, uh, your armor. Uh, so you could like, you know, you could summon and bind like wind spirits and they'd maybe make you walk faster, or fly you somewhere, I guess. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of that. Oh my goodness. In a future release. You want to, you want to, you want a little tidbit? Sure. Yes, I'm working on something where, man, I can't even say this because then I'm going to release the rules and it's going to take so long for me to write the next thing and some third-party person is going to scoop it and then, yeah. No, I just think I totally want to mimic that kind of like Stormbringer-esque, like, hey, instead of summoning angels, I want to maybe use demons and bind them, like I'm binding them for good. Or maybe not so good. You mean you mean as far as good as far as purpose? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, you know, my sword now has um, you know, the knuckle bone of Saint Benjir, but it also has the wretched spirit of Kelkunara. I just made that up. Well, it kinda also, you know, makes me think of in some ways, uh too, like with Corum, he's able to kill things and whatever he killed the last time he could summon. Um, oh yeah yeah there's probably a lot of like you know it's kind of interesting like maybe you you're killing certain things to bind a certain essence in them Mm -hmm. that could be an interesting game where but that but then you get to a certain point where the more powerful it gets kind of like stormbringer then all of a sudden it's it's actually probably more controlled than what you think it is yeah yeah like i don't want to give anything out for free like if you are going to be like you know binding things like you're going to have to wrestle to control those things every single time um like uh, heroin addiction well it'd be interesting then so it, let's say a person would, would spiral out of control with the yeah. with the summoning then would all of a sudden like would their character it could, could be interesting like also now their character is now the, the 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 bad guy right yeah yeah um give me your sheet roll the new character and this is the, this is the new villain <laughs> it's kind of you it used to be you it'd be even fun to like have moments of clarity where like hey here's your character back and then like tw- 25 minutes later like actually no yes and maybe certain moments of highlights like you may have a, a small percentage chance of of reaching out. Like maybe you could do certain things to, you know, like it's kind of a certain trope to try and reach that person that's in oh, still yeah, inside. Yeah. Like, I know you're still in there, Davey. <laughs> Classic. What's going in there? 
Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of fun tropes like that. It would be fun to, to build. Um, I guess we'd find the right game to uh, to do that. But it sounds like you guys, yeah. especially with what you've the setting that you you know put this in, mm-hmm. really does like say it doesn't seem to align with the Elric and a lot of the sort of stuff that you're we're talking about. Like you're not really stuck with just one thing. You you can you know do a lot of adjustments to different areas. Yeah. Yeah, and just kind of, it's like, um, it's, it's, I'm in like a weird place where like the canvas is like, there's only part of it painted and I have a whole, like, I can go anywhere with this. Like, it's kind of exciting and exhilarating. But some people don't like it, I guess. I think what's hard is, um, I've had some thoughts with, ideas and then in ways that it could you know expand out i think for myself i i at that point i try and get other people in to expand it out i don't know that i'm I'm good at expanding things out fully well because you're gonna do it in the way you would do it and when you anytime you invite collaborators like i swear i've said this before i much i much prefer more that's not even hardly grammar um i like to meet with people and see what they can do with what i've done or see what they're going to add their own little flourish because i'm going to do things pretty much the same way every time that's just my style um like with isle of the plangent mage it was all me and then some suggestions and dead planet was a bunch of people just like laying ideas out and I like collaborating more than just being the head of the show. Yeah, because I think, right, I think it's the the combinations that are often more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Other other voices in the chorus. Yeah, it's 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 that synthesis, um, and I think even with genres, that's where things can become interesting. I mean, just you know, mm-hmm. a straight westerns at a point can be kind of boring, but then you mix you know a western with horror or a western with you know whatever mm-hmm. it just it starts like it puts a different edge even though you can still kind of have the tropes it's still i think ideas yeah. are that way too it's just right you can you can follow along a certain <clears throat> so like there's one fellow uh luau lu you know i just had talks with him it's like um he definitely thinks along a different line and he's very verbose and he he thinks a lot of i don't want to say crazy thoughts but uh, he's got a, a imagination that goes a different direction than mine yeah. But it's like I could see where I could say, "Hey, can you look over this manuscript and just think of other things?" And that because I can't think of, but he can think of that would still yeah. fit within the you know the scope that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's you just because it, it's like I can see where it needs more. I, I can provide a certain amount of structure, but mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of I don't want to say zaniness. That's not really the right word, but I think some of the stuff I do maybe is too logical, and sometimes it needs to be a little yeah. more fantastic. Yeah, I I I feel like I've had that same problem. Whereas I'm like, well, this is uh, this is the way ecology works, and because I have a strong like background in biology and ecology and like evolution, I'm like, this is the way it happens. So this is how it's got to be. And but then like I've gotten better at, but what if? You know, that's a nice, always a nice building block, but but what if? <laughs> Well, and uh, really, that's kind of really what science fiction is. It's like everything is true mm-hmm. except for 
usually a couple things. Right, yeah. Everything is the way you know it, but in this world... We can travel faster than light. Right, yeah. Which changes a lot of things, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So ecology, biology, and all that cool stuff. Yeah, that's all fun stuff. So you thought about doing something with all that? I kind of do, um, like, a lot of my stuff kind of is based on things, and then I push it out farther. Um, like I said in an interview once, like, for Dead Planet, there are, like, these giant worms, and then there are the parasitically affected um, gaunts. And they kind of had this whole, like, I didn't write this down, but in my brain, they're like, hey, this this is an aquatic humanoid, so it's going to look a certain way. But then this parasite from the dead universe, you know, embeds itself, and it does this to it, so it's going to look this way. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot of, like, there's this that makes sense. And then there's this extra thing, which also makes sense. Doesn't quite work like this, um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> but so like Trevor Stamper, he he has a strong background in in like the sciences, and he's mm-hmm. kind of worked on some stuff that's been um, you know the uh, I believe it's uh, like an herbology as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been kind of developing. Um, and when I first talked about Fan of the Fly God, he was he locked into fly because he also uh, he he breeds certain species of flies uh, for sale. Um, oh, really? Profit? Yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so he goes he goes into science mode, and then he's talking about another yeah. project he's wanting to do that involves you know uh, I'm not going to divulge it, but you know he's mm-hmm. trying to think of there's this kind of fantastic thing, but he's applying like scientific theory to to this. Mm, nice. And then trying to do that. I mean, have you thought about doing either either something along those lines with with it? Um, no, no. I think I just kind of view it as like a launching point. Like okay. I don't want to get. Although I have done several things on mushrooms. Well, I shouldn't say several. I did. So I was really into mushrooms for a while, like growing them. Um, I still am. And, you know, reading about how they work. And mushrooms are so crazy. Like, you know what a mushroom is? It's like if you if you took a – is this a PG show? It's uh, – yeah, you do whatever you want. <laughs> so if I, you know, went up to you, I said, hey, I like, I like you. I want more of you. I'm going to cut, like – I'm going to cut the slice off of your – um penis and then i'm going to put it in a petri dish and then that's going to grow tissue oh right and because like all the all the mushroom is it's like the fruiting body it's right what they make to do spores right like most of the mushroom is the mycelium the threads and there's a reason but, why it's shaped the way it is yeah it's pushing but through like, leaves stuff yeah yeah but so you can either use the spores and you can grow them but then you have like problems with uh outside infections if you just like do a tissue culture from the actual mushroom 
um, you can make it grow mycelium from that tissue culture. Like you can take any part of the mushroom, the fruiting body, uh, and just make it make more mycelium. And then you can take that mycelium and put it in a blender, and then you can mix it with like a liquid, and then you can, you know, put it in uh, sterilized grain. It'll grow more mycelium. And you can take that grain, put it in 10 more jars, and then you've got like, you know, 10 jars of mycelium. You can take those 10 jars, put them in 10 more. If you're clean enough, you can keep on doing this for like, so you have like a thousand jars just from this one little piece of flesh. It's crazy. It is. It is. And, and I think the, the connectivity, it's like, you're right, because we think of when we see the mushroom, it's just that that fruiting body is the mushroom, mm -hmm. but it's actually, you know, it's it's not just that. It's just the sexual organ that's going yeah. to uh, hold, is create, hold, and release the spores. Um, yeah. And then there's all these weird things like, you know, they know they know what to do based upon, you know, oh hey, uh, my selling like CO two. All of a sudden, there's some oxygen. Like, hey, we're gonna we're going to make some fruiting bodies here because there's oxygen. And that means maybe uh, the branch of the tree has been knocked off and we can actually fruit here. You know, we can't push our way through the bark, but there's a hole now. And then when they, you know, start doing that, like, well, really you are going to want to be able to spread your spores as perfectly as possible. So they actually know to grow upright towards the light. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Even going back to those, I guess going back to the Last of Us and the idea of those um, zombie parasites. Mm -hmm. Like, how does it know? To yeah, it's yeah. Because like we we use these words like it just knows like it's but really it's a program like. Yeah, I know, but then, then how yeah. does that program get written to not only just say, I'm seeking life, but I'll, I'm hijacking the nervous system of a creature? Right, yeah, yeah, like some like some of the actual cordyceps, <laughs> like, okay, this ant, uh, I'm going to climb to the highest point, and I'm going to sit here until, like, their fruiting bodies erupt. Um, this is my problem with Last of Us, is, like, they have these really cool, like, uh, you know, uh, mushrooms coming out of their head. But it's never like, oh, this is where the spores are, and they're going to, you know, if you breathe it in, you're going to get this, because then everything and everybody would just be gone in, like, two weeks, right? Uh, so it's like the bite has to transmit the mycelium. Well, that doesn't make sense. I, I, I stopped watching it, but the very first episode, it was like going through the whole world, it's like within days. And then also right, they're living right. in this colony, and you're like, everything's okay as long as we don't bring anybody inside. Like, I don't right. understand this. Right, but then, you know, deep deep down inside, like, people are there who maybe have, you know, gotten it and died there, uh, you know, because they come across that one against the wall. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the stuff I really love, and I don't see enough of in there. But it kind of reminds me of a scene from Annihilation. Um, did you ever see that movie? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, when like the dude is kind of grown into the wall and like twenty feet tall, and like organs kind of spread out, and like you know fungus and fruiting bodies on that. Like I love stuff like that. Have you so yeah? Take it back to the dark side in the beginning. Have you have you mm -hmm. read about what that movie is? It kind of analogy to? Oh uh, no, no, I've read uh, the books or anything. Yeah, uh, cancer. Oh, it's true because yeah, it's like. 
it's not it's not like you have some invading pathogen it's like your cells are like hey we're gonna do this now yeah and every part of the body it's different which is why there's no cure because they your cells are just like hey 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 uh give us some sugar and we're gonna do this <laughs> yeah it, it's it's kind of it, it's just very strange it's kind of interesting strange you know kind of even thinking about it i need to watch it again in that in that you know, I, I watched mm-hmm. it, read about that, and I need to watch it again. That was amazing. Yeah. That was really an amazing movie. Yeah, it was really good. I hear the books are great, too, and, like, the movie actually spans two of the books. Um, I love that crazy, trippy ending where it's, like, all super psychedelic, kind of like... Uh, it always kind of reminds me of... Oh, what's that movie? I always tell my wife, like, we got to watch this. Uh, some old Jeff Bridges movie. And I was with the name. Oh, Alter States. Yes, <laughs> I watched that when I was really young, and it blew my mind. And I always reference it. I should probably watch it again. I was exposed to weird things at an early age. That's why I'm the way I am. Yeah, I read the book. Uh, at, I don't know how old I would have been at the time. I guess it'd been early high school and watched the watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I was just telling, uh, tell my friend. Sean, speaking of reading books at young age, ages that we shouldn't have, um, Last Man on Earth, I probably read that in like fourth grade and I couldn't sleep for like days. Uh, for me, it was the uh, Amityville Horror. Uh, didn't oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the movie was, was a schlock, probably the book is too, but the idea that mm-hmm. they actually had the child's drawings of this demonic pig, you know, like it was like a mm-hmm. nine-year-old mm-hmm. drawing this pig. It just made it even more real. Yeah. Uh, so it was, there was like three years of just terrible nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the scene that stuck with me is like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the second one was... <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. like Sutherland? Yeah. Oh, no, Donald. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that part, but when like the bulldog looks up and it's got a human face, like that haunted me. Oh, I don't remember forever. that one. It's terrifying. Is that the you say the second one? Was that the one for the seventies like or one for, It's the eighties. Uh, maybe late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it had Donald of, Sutherland in it. Oh yeah. So or yeah, Donald's that Kiefer. I need to yeah. watch that again. Yeah, I don't remember that. Oh man, it ter- and I would have dreams about finding puppies underneath the basement stairs, and I when I go touch them, like, and they'd look up and they'd have hu- little baby human faces. For years, I had nightmares about that. That is that is horrifying. I mean, I it think is. I think with CGI and the way things are at, I mean, you could, I think that would be a truly horrifying thing to put in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see The Lobster? No. No, I don't think I have. So the, <laughs> I, I do recommend it. It's uh, the premise is if you, the, the law is if you don't, um, <laughs> if you don't get married by a certain age, uh, you go to this, this uh, like chateau, and then you have so much time to find somebody to get married. And if you don't, then you pick an animal and they just turn you into that animal. Oh, really? And he, was gonna, he picked the lobster. Oh wow! Odd choice. It's an odd movie. <laughs> Sounds like a cool premise, though. Yeah, it, it it really I think what it does is just force to look at like how we view single people in marriage. 
um mm-hmm. you know it's like it, the idea is if you're if you're if you don't marry then you're just you know a crazy yeah. person especially back yeah and i mean throughout history like you had a bunch of kids to work on the farm and then you had a bunch of kids because the economy was booming after world war ii and now you have kids and they're just depressed because the world is not uh awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I think you got that one right. <laughs> it's just not, yeah, not not like it used to be. No, I. It is definitely a strange. I don't even know what to think about it. As a friend of mine would say, his dad used to tell him, "Was dad reached a certain age?" Dad told him, "Goes." He said, "The world just done left me." And then uh, <laughs> he told me, "He's older than me," and he's like, "Yeah, I'm reached that age that the world done left me." And I think I'm approaching the point where. <laughs> 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 I just don't understand anything I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the, so, so the mushrooms, the, I put that into a, a, um, essentially I put that into a post-apocalyptic project. I, I have been working on for a well over a year. The idea Mm -hmm. was kind of, I never played the last of us. The idea I had an idea of for part of it to come from that video game because I remember the imagery. Yeah. And so I have most of it written. That's part of it, just a little piece of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I just now realize that um it looks like I'm just playing off of uh the hit series. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um I had the, apparently I've had that happen to me where I didn't even realize it until much later where someone was like saying, oh, yeah, uh, Dead Dead Planet is just like this video game in this franchise. And I had no exposure to it at all. Um, so I'm just like, oh, that's embarrassing. But it happens to everybody. Uh, I heard there was something about like, remember 28 Days Later and Walking Dead both kind of start the same way, whereas the main protagonist wakes up and you kind of don't know what happened until he starts walking around and sees the state of the world. And both of those people did not know the other one was doing it. So it just kind of happens, you know, ideas are a dime a dozen. Oh, they are. But I've not seen 28 days later. Hmm. I should. How's that compared to walking? So I watched walking dead for about four seasons. And I heard then it got out. to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm there with you. Um, so 20 days later was it's really it's uh it was good people often call it a zombie film i'm saying they are dead wrong because it's actually this rage virus from like a chimpanzee um it travels through blood and bites and saliva so that actually makes people just run like crazy and just violently beat anything up um except for each other i guess they can sense their rage virus i don't know i don't think it was ever explained so it is it's a it's a great film it's uh i don't know it's just got like a vibe but it's really cool like the middle part um you know how like in most zombie films it's like it's not really the zombies it's the other people um and this one kind of had more of a 
you have to become a monster to beat the monster. And the monster is, of course, other humans, not necessarily this uh, virus, right. but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a good film. If you have kids, I would stay away from the sequel, which was like 28 weeks later. It's very hard to watch. 28 weeks later. Yeah. <laughs> the uh so i think the walking dead started out good uh, i think the i it's i think my biggest problem was the people that were sympathetic like rick uh turned to be very they just i don't know why i was why anybody would be rooting for him towards the end it's just like he's really not a good person anymore it's not like uh yeah <clears throat> Because I guess it changes you to see that. Have Have you seen? Um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Have you seen? There's a, a a series out on Netflix. Go back to the beginning. We asked what I wa- was watching. Uh, have you seen mm-hmm. the Recruit? No, but I've seen the advertisement for it. Like it's like a dude fresh on assignment, right? Um, kind of like a spy type thing. I don't really know much about it, but I've so, seen the ad. So what I would what I would what I what I would describe it would take. Have you seen Jack Ryan? No, but I uh, I've seen ads for it. So you kind of, so you know what Jack Ryan kind of is that Tom Clancy esque. Yeah. So imagine adding, yeah. taking taking Tom Clancy novel, mm-hmm. uh, mixing it with Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Baby Driver? No, I've seen uh, trailers for it. It looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> as fun as it looked, it's even better. Oh, mm. oh, nice! Oh. I would, I, I would recommend renting it. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. worth it. Oh, so my, 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 my comparison. I was gonna say it, it's really Jack Ryan, The Office, and uh, Baby Driver all mixed together. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds pretty fun. Um, but anyway, the, the, there is a, you know, the idea is he starts out very ambitious, mm-hmm. very optimistic gung-ho and in crosses because of his his uh his ability to just kind of make the best of situations it takes him places it further than he really should have gone and it and it it's like <laughs> it's kind of like but as, as it keeps going you see him start to wear down <laughs> oh yeah i like that progression when just like yeah because this uh, this this would wear you the heck out yeah i will also say i think it's one of the best series i've ever seen uh Mm. it it just seems to highlight both the drama and the dark comedy and just this kind of quirkiness all all together in a way that i don't know how they did it but uh Hmm. interesting that makes me more apt to watch it maybe yeah, so I think the idea of progression, uh, and I think it's what kind of it, it is nice to see, but I think it's just a point where, you know, it seems like with The Walking Dead, it just went to a point where it's like, uh, I like Breaking Bad is probably another one I'd never want to watch. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, to go that far to see somebody going from, you know, not great to terrible, yeah, I don't know that I want to. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, people people get there in real life. and. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's a person, uh, uh, Malcolm Muggeridge, uh, he talked about evil. And he says, like, it's very interesting 
in fiction, but it's not interesting at all uh, in uh, real life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we all want to root for Darth Vader and think it's really cool, but in real life, it's it's really not that that nice. No, no. You got to look at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you would at least some some would appreciate the man you see looking back at you. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So. So you've got uh, you got your your um, you're finished up on your Kickstarter. You've got mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. projects running in the in the background. You got you got yeah. the whole roster of writers. You're going to have to to, uh, to to wrangle in. It sounds yeah. like you got quite a bit ahead yeah. of you. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be great though. Like I said, like you know, it's like uh, it's like Tom Petty sings. The future is wide open. <laughs> it's wide open. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, I really, like, I'm excited about uh, this world I'm building so far, and I can't wait to see people add to it, like my uh, authors that are coming in to write little adventures and open up, like, a third-party publisher system and see what they do with it. There's a very, very large continent um, for playing in. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I I wondered about like, um, well, I guess I'm a, I guess oh, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna really, I'm just really gonna do a, a on the record. Mm-hmm. I, I've got, I got a belief. Yeah, it's so. A year, not even a year, several months ago, my daughter said to my wife, she said, she says, told my wife, she goes, I have your looks, but I have my dad's ADD. Mm-hmm. And my wife told me, said, told me that I said, I don't have ADD. <laughs> and then she's like, well, Abby said this, 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 and this. <laughs> and I started looking stuff up. And I think I have, if, if it is a spectrum thing, I think I do fall within that. Mm-hmm. And I think almost every single person in the Zeme community that's a creator at the level that, that I'm at, I think most of us all have some form of, uh, attention deficit issue it also can be yeah. combined with hyper focusing right Hy- hyper focus until you're on to the next thing without completing the previous thing right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so do, do you feel you have i just i'm going to start asking guests to do you feel that there's a, a certain component of that um that yeah you deal with oh definitely like um what yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never really looked it up. Like, I think both of my kids uh, have been diagnosed with some form, and they take some medication. And um, they're like, "Well, I, I just can't focus, Dad." I'm like, "No one can focus. That's just the way it is. You got to work at it. You got to you you got to spend your whole life making yourself focus. Yes. Like, maybe that's it's a discipline people... problem. Yeah, it's a discipline. You know, when I was a kid, we we had to focus." <laughs> Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, that is a thing. I don't think about it too much. Um, you got to use it to your advantage, though. Just never throw anything out. Keep it in your Google Drive. And then, like with this pro- project, I'm actually going back to two previous projects, yanking what I want. I'm, it's like I'm in a scrapyard. I'm like, oh, look at that over there on that pile. Like, that looks good. I'm going to put it right here. And it's all kind of working. Like, Oh, it's yeah, I good. think it does yeah. work. I, I think if you look at, like, 
it's, there's another guy I asked him, he's like, I've wondered several people I've talked to are like, yeah, I mean, it's, I think once I realize that I do have problems, I've, I've leaned a little bit heavier on making lists than I have before. And that helps mm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think the, the people I've talked to, I used to think ADD people just lost focus and didn't do anything, but it's not the mm. case. But I'm like, a lot of us are people producing a lot of work. Mm. It's just strange that we, it seems like a lot of us have some form of, you know, attention deficit issues. Yeah. I mean, cause you, yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you read that problem where you're like, I'm going to research this real quick before I write about it. And then you're down several other rabbit holes and the night's <laughs> over. Um, I just thought it was the creative mind, you know, <laughs> I'm like, this is my gift. I was born this way and it's a gift because I can, I can go anywhere and research and then I can come back and work really heavy and then uh, not want to deal with anything for weeks. <laughs> if I'm lucky weeks. <laughs> It's, so I guess the question is what what like drove us all here to be the same? I mean, we're all in the same position doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's kind of strange. Like we could be doing other things, but we're all like locked into this. Yeah, yeah, that is strange. Um it's just it's just the way you know what my dad would have said. But it's just it's just the way God made us. <laughs> <laughs> He was, he was, he was a, he was a good preacher, man. Uh, well, yeah. I, and I think because there are so many of us, I'm, I can't think that this is actually a disorder. It's just a variation that is mm -hmm. probably was good at one time in the past, but for whatever reason yeah. in modern society, it's probably not as good. I mean, yeah. Bursts of creativity to solve problems is that's kind of what it is. And that would probably be very, very uh advantageous when we were uh you know walking the savannah as little four foot hairy dudes yeah but maybe if we we, we didn't uh, lose concentration maybe we would uh, we wouldn't get have those problems <laughs> true true <laughs> what did i what was fascinating that i learned recently or maybe the last 20 years uh shit it's already gone something oh uh you know how people always want to see ghosts and stuff and they see things like, uh, you know, you're looking at a window and you see a face in it, but it's yeah. just um, like pattern making right. was essential right. uh, in our ev evolutionary history. Like even before, like we were anything resembling modern humans, like making patterns on the things is huge. And we're left with this now. And it's, a, I don't want to say it's a problem. Like people aren't getting hurt because they think they're ghosts out there. Right. Unless right. they just get scared and run and fall on a metal stake. Well, I think the thing is we even we it's even beyond just even like physical recognition. We do look for patterns and make assumptions. It kind of does mm -hmm. lead to uh, induction inductive leaps that are just really wild that are really based off of just snapshots and right. ending out. It's it's kind of way weird. Probably has beneficial to to make these wide suppositions based on a little bit of information then then yeah you say i need to collect a lot of information to make a decision yeah yeah i mean it looks evil kill it okay right or hey this tree has a bunch of dead monkeys underneath it should we eat the fruit or not like you gotta yeah you, you gotta make patterns and you gotta draw your uh ideas. yeah put that in a game somewhere it was it was essential uh yeah like dead monkeys yeah <laughs> 
I think that almost sounds like there should be a punk band or something. Oh, uh, yeah. 12, like, 12 Monkeys. You ever see that movie? No, I, I wanted to. But I, I, oh, I know man. I shouldn't. I think the series is supposed to be even better. Yeah, it was just long. You know, there's so many episodes to it. Some Sometimes you just want to watch a movie and be done. Maybe I did watch it. That's not the one with Brad Pitt. As yeah, the, where he's playing that like brilliant role. Yeah, I remember Brad Pitt being great. I remember uh, Bruce Willis being okay, and I don't remember yeah. much of the plot. I just remember Brad Pitt, that little bit he had. Oh yeah, he was he was off the charts there. Uh, that was uh, that was Terry Gilliam, of you know uh, Baron Munchauser and uh, Brazil. I've never seen Brazil. Um, I think it was a little too dark when mm-hmm. I was in high school. Uh, oh, yeah. Baron, the, the Adventures of Baron, Baron von Neuschhausen. Munchausen. Yeah. I enjoyed the beginning. I didn't, but I may like it now. I just, it, as a teenager, I, I enjoyed the beginning, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was just, I think it's like Time Bandits. It just, I oh, think it was, yeah. it, it's the English, you know, I think they have a more realistic look at the world and even the medieval times than we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just got pessimism. They don't glorify it so much. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they lived it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, the uh, and I also realized when I listened to, back to my podcasts, uh, my mind jumping around. I realize it's ADD. I keep jumping around trying to find the. I'm thinking one thing. It's like, nope. Approach it a different way. Nope. Approach it a different way. That's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't. I didn't notice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought I thought you were uh what what is was the term non no non neurodivergent I don't know like <laughs> my, my my kids are always accusing me of <laughs> what you're you're just you're just non neurodivergent non neuro you can't understand me <laughs> I was like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's probably a thing. Um, use it to your advantage, but yeah, yeah, it does seem like the scene. I mean, that's like you know, it's the same like musicians, like you know, the ones that are truly gifted. They don't have amazing lives, and they usually end up dead early by you know, drugs or self-inflicted whatevers. Uh, yeah, it's like part of the creative process. You know, it's suffering, I guess. <laughs> Well, I don't suffer too much, thankfully. But maybe I'm not that creative either. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm not the judge or jury yeah. nor executioner. <laughs> it's called recycling, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if yeah, if you if you can't look at something and get an idea for. Uh, RPG idea from it, then, then you're not living, right? Yeah. In fact, I'm working with a guy who's who's editing for the Scoundrels of Brixton, my next one, and um, it, it, I think as I was throwing some stuff, he, he made some remark about stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think normally, like, what I'll do is I will, I will write a thing and then I'll edit it and 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 edit it. it. Yeah. But when somebody just takes my dump, it really comes across what it really is. I just get in the computer. I just, I empty Mm -hmm. thing out of my mind. I just start typing. 
Yeah. How, how does that work for you? Do you think about something and type, or do you just kind of uh, just go blank and just? I usually go blank. It takes me a long time to usually write. Like I've gotten better as I've honed. I mean, I've only been doing this for twenty night. 2018 2017 i don't know how long i've been doing this uh barely you know five six years so i remember like just staring there and like fighting for the sentences to come and it's not quite so bad now um but i have this weird thing where i can't recognize what i've written as my own like wow i'm like i that sounds maybe i don't think that sounds like me and it's in my google drive like it's not shared from anyone like I must have written it at some point. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, it's just cool words. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good idea I can use, and I probably already had the idea. It's like, well, that's even more so, right? Because not only do you not recognize it, you don't remember having written it. So, right. So, okay. So if. Have you read somebody else's work then later on read it and recognized it as being somebody else's work? Um, uh, probably only for like authors, like not necessarily game books. Right. Uh, but you know, I could probably, if I read something by Terry Pratchett and I was like, I would probably be able to tell, uh, Gene Wolf. Yes. Um, Probably Neil Gaiman, yes. Uh, there's a handful of people I would know, um, but I think that's just because I've spent a lot of time reading them. So, but, you don't, but it's kind of for your own writing, you don't recognize. Um... No, not. I mean, yeah, I found but stuff that. But I it's mean. kind of good in a way because you can you could probably look at your stuff a little more dispassionately. Right. I have no. I have no attachment to it because maybe I didn't even write it. Maybe you really didn't. Maybe I really, I could have found this, there's this page on witches and like how to, and I'm just like, I have no memory of this. But it was kind of good. I could have copied it from this place and put it, I probably would have done that though. That seems weird. Well, that would be kind of scary. I could, I, I, you know what, I'm going to grab a section of it if I can find it again and just put it in Google and see what pops up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's kind of wild i i find that yeah i don't the problem is is like that when i write it's like i'll put like you know like going back to the you know, fame the fly god or some of these others it's like there's some pretty important figures <laughs> the spelling it changes i mean all throughout oh, yeah. like it just there's never a consistency and um you know it's where it's good to find somebody that actually pays attention <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think anyone should ever print anything that has not had at least one pass by a real editor um, oh i agree because yeah i do the same like i've already found in this document that i've been uh, hammering away at like and i started back in october or september and then you know i add parts and then i go back and i change parts but i've referred to the same ability stats as like many different names and i'm just kind of trying to tighten that up like that's kind of why i probably haven't gotten 
uh, my rules to the other authors yet is because it really is a mess. Um, and because I, I, I would write in spurts, like I would come home from work every day when I was really excited about it and get it down. And then I did that for like three months and I'm like, I need a break. Um, so, yeah. Well, the problem is with terms and I have this, uh, an issue like, for instance, with, with physical or with the statistics, uh, not statistics, mm-hmm. but with like strength, intelligence, con. Yeah, yeah. Is I played so many different games, and there's so many different, you know, is it agility, yeah, is it dexterity, yeah. is it physique, yeah. is it body, is it constitution, is it, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like, yeah. And some more put things together, things just put them apart, and the, the wording becomes mm-hmm. just like, there's a point where it's just like coordination, I think, is one system that might be talking to people. Mm-hmm. I would, I'd be using the wrong ones, but it's just like, I, yeah, I can't help it. Yeah. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot with this particular because I mean I've never written a system before. This was my first one, so uh, yeah, it's learned. I learned a lot, and I don't. I don't want to be one of those people that puts out system after system. So I'm just going to write adventures for the system because it seems to be my happy place and call it good. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because you you because you talked about um, so you got these people writing for you. Mm-hmm. Did you create um, rails that they have to like, like they can't bump against, like the guidelines? Is there like large yeah. guidelines? Or is it- yeah. So that's the other thing I'm kind of trying to do right now is like I'm kind of trying to take parts of the text and like this is the quick start, get you up to speed because I don't want to overwhelm them. They don't need to read like 50 pages of stuff. They only need to know this and i'm kind of trying to separate it and um you know i put some rails out there but i also don't want to chain them you know i want to let them go and then maybe if they go too far i'll have to pull them up but so basically you want to create enough to keep them somewhat tethered but open enough that you can develop your setting through their writing right yeah i'm i I mean i welcome anyone's edition of course uh yeah yeah and so so you say that so you have these people that were part of the stretch goal uh mm-hmm. how many authors did you say there was i think there are 14 that's, that's quite a, a few that is quite a few. uh you know when you yeah you just want to include all your friends and then people inspire you and you're like you reach out you're like hey i love your stuff do you want to write something and then you're like shocked when they say yes and, <laughs> yeah yeah so then you're talking about so with other people who want to write what was your intent for that um like any like Morkborg or mothership like uh very open uh third party system like i mean that's kind of what's making those games right like um just the openness of them so anyone kind of publish stuff um i want to do something like that with ruination pilgrimage if there's interest um i think that'd be great uh i think you know i always have these uh measurements like i finally made it when i'm like hey wouldn't i finally make it if someone is self-publishing an adventure for the system i wrote it's my next uh personal stretch goal yeah, and I think, you know, going back to the Wizards, uh, Wizards um, with uh, Hasbro putting uh, mm-hmm. stuff into the um, Creative Commons, 
And I've kind of also thought about that too. It's like if we develop a setting, you know, we'd be valued just putting the setting in the Creative Commons. Right. That is kind of weird. I mean, yeah, because what do you like? How much of a setting do you even? Uh, this is my current holdup. How much of a setting do you actually need? Like, I like very broad strokes. Some of my players, um, like, well, what about, like, what's the specificness of this religion? I'm like, I don't care. I'm not that religious in real life. So it's hard for me to say, you know, these are your seven commandments for this religion. But, you know, that wouldn't be a bad way to approach it, actually. Huh, thanks, Jeff. You helped me a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you helped me a lot, and I feel like uh, this interview is winding down. So, do you have any last words for uh, me? <laughs> I think um, last words seems it puts a lot of pressure. Um, I will say um, that's a good question. Do you have any mm -hmm. last words? I would say. Um, I don't know. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Well, you know, I, I guess I'm not really used to people like like turning tables on me, and it's I, oh. I guess I'm in a, I'm in a position of like. Yeah, I thought that's why you invited me on because you wanted someone to shake it up. You did shake you it want up. Someone to talk. You did shake it up. I think if anybody shook it up, yes. Oh, thank thanks. you. My, my final words is yes. You are the the shaker upper. Um, <laughs> Well, hey, I'm always happy to come on and shake it up, turn some tables, roll some dice. Yes, and uh, and talk about uh, your, your um, I'm, I'm messing up, Perilous Ruins. Perilous uh, Ruins. Nation pilgrimage. What's Perilous Ruins? Uh, Perilous Ruins does sound like it's some uh, perplexing ruins. That's uh, That is an author I believe I have. Oh, boxing ruins, right? It must be. Sorry, hmm. perilous ruins. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop before I get myself very confused. So no, I chose uh, ruination pilgrimage to yes. capture the, uh, you know, the ruin like the horrible face forces of chaos and demons corrupting and ruining your body and soul. But pilgrimage is really important to me in this because I wanted to kind of capture that. Um, like pilgrimage idea, like going on a quest to go visit a holy relic, right? Like kind of, I want that vibe in there from, uh, hmm, shoot, the words just escaped me. Is it a movie? Is no, it a it's a book, Chaucer, oh. in fact. Oh yeah, the one that was, whole. this whole thing was, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So I want that kind of like you're traveling together, you're telling each other stories at night, it reduces your burdens, you're, you know, making jokes, like camping isn't just who's going to set watch, it's all these mini games with roles. Um, well, mini, not a game, but it's a, you're rolling to see how well you can uh, lessen the burdens of your fellow travelers. So you really need to have a Canterbury a, a book, um, an actual like um, series of stories like the, the Canterbury Tales now, but in your setting and produce a fictional work. Man, that's not a bad idea. You're hired. <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> Mr. I, like, I like how you did that. <laughs> You're hired. It's up to you. 
<laughs> I'm going to try that approach. I think that's good. Yeah. Uh, that's a good management approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's a great idea. I expect <laughs> you to helm that idea and follow up with me next week in the all hands meeting. Well, thanks. Uh, I really appreciate it, Don. Now we've got some, uh, I got some work to do. Yeah. 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 A little homework. Uh, yeah. That's actually, I actually do have a table of like, um, like mythological texts, not mythological, but like, you know how we have the weird uh, books like the, uh, what's, what's the Codex Gigas and the, I can't even pronounce it, the Voynich manuscript, like, oh yeah. I want to do like just titles, like a maybe just a table of ten titles uh, that you can find in the world of Ruination Pilgrimage, um, which really needs a name. But so one of the things was like it's the heretical works of so and so, where you're actually like this isn't really life; you're in hell right now. So are they really in hell? Oh, are we in hell? Well, you've seen the good place. Uh, that's that's. I was going to mention that earlier because I think that's probably one of the greatest shows ever. Just because a show's never made me cry that hard at the like my wife and I were falling at the end, like that last episode. Yeah, the one before it, just like bawling because once again it taps into like any kind of loss that you've had in your life of a loved one and or thinking about the loss of a loved one or. I think they ruined it the very last yeah. episode by having her come back as that little whatever light or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was the whole point was if you live forever, you just would, would, would finally come to a point where you don't want to exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So why would you want to do it over again? Yeah. Yeah. But boy, yeah, I agree. Everything was funny. Everything was happy. But that second to last episode, it was just like, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Right, you're feeling it all. You're feeling it pour on out. Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, thank you, Don. I appreciate you coming on. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. At least, and uh, I just want everybody to know that uh, it's okay to cry. It is okay to cry, especially for middle-aged uh, uh, white men. <laughs> it's okay to cry. It's definitely okay to cry. Maybe you can deal with some shit. I don't fucking know. Oops, well, language. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. The uh, I, I'll tell you what, I went through a lot of stuff. My my had a my mom went through, my stepdad went through a dementia. He went through um, mm. hospitalization, went through mm-hmm. hospice and died. My mom went through hospitalization, hospice and died within mm. a month. And then my oh, brother wow. died like a month after that. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just like I think like I think back on thing it made get me get through that. It's like I cried every day for like two months. Right, you cry in the shower. You, yeah. yeah, yeah, you cry. Yeah, uh, you cry in the cooler at work. Uh, yeah, you just like cry in front yeah, of people. It's like and okay. It, and even even years later, like it'll just sneak up on you some yes, sometimes. Yes, yeah. like yes, uh, it's the craziest stuff. Like, yeah, I'm not sure why this is happening now, but now all of a sudden, this is really real. Like, yeah, it's just a wave. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. My dad died. Uh, I don't know, five six years ago. What did he die of? 
it was like a race between uh, cancer and then like the effects of treatment on his heart, I guess. Like, I think it was actually a heart attack, but if that didn't get him, like the cancer was going to get him. And yeah, it kind of was a, it was, it was an ugly end, like sudden. I don't, I don't know if it was sudden. I don't know. Well, yeah, my, my, <laughs> go down the dark path. I, yeah, my brother died. He just, um, he just lay down, was watching his basketball game, lay down, dead. Mm. My mom had pancreatic cancer. My, my sister ended up having brain cancer, uh, in addition to, uh, throat cancer. It's mm. weird. And they, you know, both, it, it was not a pleasant for, for either one of them. And mm. like, we go quick. It's like, it's much preferable. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to see your loved one suffer, but yeah, it still sucks when they're gone. (laughs) 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 Yes, it does. (laughs) Wait, I thought we were going to redo the show as RPG rumblings and now it's RPG. uh, What is a good word for sadness? Oh, um, that's not ruminations. Um, it's that's thinking. Um, um, <laughs> not regrets. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Remorse. No. Probably, uh, no. You need more heartache. Um, so that's yeah. That's 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 a mechanic in my game. Like you kind of gain sorrow every time you miss a roll, uh, like stress and mothership. But it just kind of weighs you down until eventually you have to despair. And uh, that's why you're telling each other stories at the you know campfire to kind of alleviate that uh, lesson a little bit. You know, you're making connections with friends, playing some music on your lute. I don't know. I figured I'd tie it back in. Yeah, I, like I mean, book. yeah, I think that's a good idea. So, so you're saying is is players. So at the end of a session, by them telling their stories, by character, uh, by the players telling the stories, allows their characters to. No, because I hate I hate having players do that because not everybody is a gifted performer like uh, you and myself, of course. <laughs> um, but no, it's just like uh, it's mechanical now. Like yeah, you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a story about and some of the more uh, R R RPG ish players, the role the role playing is. Um, you know, they will like I'm gonna tell a story about how this this this, and then you like just uh, you know. I actually don't know how I have it now. I think I think you just do it and everyone recovers like you know their sorrow goes down yeah. by one. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't actually have to tell a story in real life. You're just like, I'm gonna tell a story, or hey, I'm I'm working on this song, or you know, if you're because you have like there are all these backgrounds, like a hundred backgrounds of I used to be a poet, you know, and now I'm this uh fighter or whatever. One of the things I tried to do in previous games which a lot of times wasn't successful because I think people are too young to get it was at the end of a, of a, like a campaign or whatever. I would just like, or I'd say like, have them give a montage. Oh yeah. But they, I don't think they were old enough to really understand. Um, yeah. Or, or, you know, or it, one of my favorite scenes montage was from, um, was from um, Northern exposure, the TV series. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they would just at the end of the episode, they would would show sometimes the the people, yeah, yeah. you know, 
which I thought was kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I haven't thought about that show in forever. <laughs> nice. I love that show. I don't. I don't know yeah. if it holds up. I'm afraid to watch it again. Yeah, that's the thing. Some sometimes you just can't go back. <laughs> but they stay with me. Those thoughts <laughs> that they had, like the guy who who's a DJ, and he he uh, everybody in his lot. I mean, everybody male in his family died at the same age. Is like, at, oh like yeah. And so he he lived his whole life. You know, he goes to the doctor and like, well, you got this. Take this pill. You'll live to be an old man. And he had this 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 crisis. Like he lived his whole life like he's gonna die at like forty eight. <laughs> but if he takes this pill, like, and there's a lot of things he did that that he lived in a way that wasn't expecting to live past there, and decisions that he yeah. made. It, it was kind of interesting. Like, do I take this pill or not take this pill? Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've actually known a lot of people like that who. So I didn't think I'd live past 28. So what am I going to do now? And then some of them gone to die. But anyway, Ugh. because they were living, you know, they were living harsh alcohol, oh, drug, right. drug lives, making bad decisions. But on that note. <laughs> yes. On that happy note. On this happy note, this is the despair episode with Don Stroud. Yes. And, um, and feel free to tell a story uh, to your friends afterwards to remove the uh, the despair that you felt mm -hmm. listening to this. Yeah, yeah. the sorrow. Was yeah, it mechanic? Yeah. Was it reduce? Uh, so it, it reduces sorrow. Sorrow, uh, just, yes. Like despair is when you're in mothership. It's called the panic check. Uh, this is a despair check, and it's not great to despair because you could even open yourself up to. Uh, possession by a demonic entity because it is medieval horror so it, not not to extend this out but just because i i because you keep offering these shiny bits <laughs> yes <laughs> um so because i have to ask now because you, you just threw that out there okay so yeah so if a person just gets possessed are they are they out of the game or is this kind of like an on and off again well, well, let me tell you, uh, we do have priests, and uh, priests can, of course, perform exorcisms. And I did uh, whip up a table on how to do exorcisms in DCC. It was a lesser key to the Celestial Legion, and it was a lot based on Exorcist, the movie. So what you could do is you could have some headbands and leotards, and you could have mm -hmm. the exorcisms. <laughs> And you have Richard Simmons. <laughs> the exorcism, the exercising exorcism. Yeah, the exorcisms. Yeah, yeah, um, there's always an option to exercise those demons uh, before you lose your character. Or is it excise? Uh, that's, uh, ex uh, yeah, there are demons that you have to excise and exercise. <laughs> <laughs> You need the surgeon barber and the priest. That's fun. Tenacious. Oh yeah, tenacious. <laughs> tenacious. You have have a surgeon and a priest. Yeah, why not? Well, then it's, you could say maybe some of you'd need a pharmacist. Yeah, uh, apothecary. I believe that's a past, or that's like a, a past career, and uh, that's an option. 
there's alchemy, apothecary, all that stuff, herbalism. There's a lot of stuff you can be. So each one of those could maybe, maybe you have demons that are like, maybe it takes like, you got like, like, let's say five professions. Yeah. Yeah. And certain demons take certain ones of those to, to be excised or exercised. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe some demons don't like the smoke of like burning blister wood, you know, uh, so that helps drive them away. And you got to have an herbalist go find that or something or survivalist. There's a lot of fun stuff. I can't wait so people can play it. Yes. And people will love it and they can write uh, material for it. Yeah, they should. And then I would have made it. <laughs> Big time. Big time, and you will almost have your book of short stories <laughs> written by then. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> you can do it. Focus, damn it. <laughs> yes, that's the problem. All right, I'm late for a very important date. Well, you don't want to mess up with that with uh, with that date. So, um, thanks for joining me, Don. Oh, as always, a pleasure. Always. Every Always. single time. <laughs> Every both time. <laughs> Every both time. Till 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 next time, Don. <laughs> Later. <laughs> <laughs>